Before we get to this episode, just to say thanks to everyone who's bought my new book, Champion Thinking, How to Find Success Without Losing Yourself. Published by Bloomsbury, the response has been terrific. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's been top 20 in the airport charts consistently, and the reviews have been terrific right across the board. And if you like this episode that you're about to hear on Flow, you'll be sure to enjoy Champion Thinking. Head to my website, simonmundy.com or Amazon, Waterstone, Smiths, places like that to get your copy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to this bite-sized episode in which I take one lesson from one of my previous conversations and have a closer look. Hello, Simon here. Thank you for joining me once again. And I want to start this bite-sized episode with a question. How often do you feel buffeted by events? How often do you feel emotional reactions which are seemingly caused by events that are happening outside of yourself. Well, this episode is all about recognizing that events are, in and of themselves, inherently neutral. It is our beliefs about those events that causes the emotional reactions. In sport, people talk about pressure, but pressure isn't some external force like gravity. It is caused by the way that we interpret what is happening. Now, someone who understood this and explained it very eloquently was Albert Ellis, who pioneered the development of rational emotive behavioral therapy, which is widely considered to be the precursor to cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm a big fan of Ellis's work. For example, he was quite anti-self-esteem, primarily because it is conditional and comparative. Instead, he advocated for radical self-acceptance as well as acceptance of other people and the world. And in this bite-sized episode, I'm speaking to sports psychologist Helen Davis about Albert Ellis's work, about REBT. And she's someone I think really highly of. She's got a rare ability to explain things in a simple, relatable manner. And in this bite-sized episode, she talks about the difference between rational beliefs and irrational beliefs and why it's really important to pay attention to the language we use as it reveals the underlying beliefs we hold. For example, words like, or sayings like, I must, or I should, can cause people to feel pressure, through to catastrophic language like, that was a devastating defeat. Is it really devastating though, in the big scheme of things? 
And is it really true that you must succeed? By changing our language, we can change our experience of events and the world, as Helen can explain. The centre of it really is that irrational and rational beliefs are at the centre of this emotional and behaviour functionality. So what you teach people in, in REBT is that it's not events that are directly causing emotions and behaviours, but it's actually our beliefs that lead to emotional and behavioural reactions. Um, a lot of people sort of have that association of it's the event that's making me feel like this. Actually, there's a, there's a belief behind that. And just kind of really briefly, irrational beliefs are kind of extreme and rigid, illogical beliefs, and they can lead to these dysfunctional emotions, whereas rational beliefs are preferences, they're non-extreme, they're much more flexible and logical. So what you said there about understanding that it is not an event that causes people to feel a certain way, but it is people's belief about the event that causes them to, to feel a certain way. So, for example, that might be if someone says, you made me angry, actually, that person hasn't made them angry. It's a belief about something that person's done or said that would be the case. Or if you said, this event made me angry, I don't know, let's say, you know, there's a, a round of redundancies going on at your work, perhaps you're in line for it. Of course, that's understandable. That might make you feel that anxious but it's actually it's not the round of redundancies that are making you feel anxious it's your belief about those round of redundancies yes yeah absolutely that it is it, it's the way that you you interpret it that that actually gives the feelings that you and the constant the emotional consequence that that ends up from that so how you view the situation ellis says you know people are not disturbed by things but by the view that they take of it so it's the view that you take of that that gives you those emotions. It's understanding that events in and of themselves are neutral. They have no emotional charge to them whatsoever. It's literally the beliefs and perceptions we have about them. I watched a video of Albert Ellis talking before we chatted and something he spoke about was radical self-acceptance. And it comes back to that quote that I mentioned earlier about being gentle with yourself while striving to do your best. And a big part of that is just by dint of the fact that you are alive and you are a person, you can't be worthless. So there's a real sort of emphasis, it seems, on separating yourself from what you do and your actions. So the difference between losing a job and being a loser, this seems a really important part of it. Yes, I, th I think they use the word being a fallible human being, that we are fallible. That's realistic. You know, we, we, we are going to make mistakes and we are going to get things wrong and we're not going to be brilliant at everything that we do. And, and having an acceptance of that and being patient with ourselves, which I, I like that word gentle, you know, in the quote, you know, being gentle with yourself. And, and, and part of that, I think, is is is. is you know, that word patience, I think, and being accepting that I can change the way that I think about a situation and embrace kind of all facets of myself, even the ones that maybe I don't like as much. Another quick thing I read was three rigid beliefs that people can have, because I did think it was interesting and particularly salient to the world we find ourselves in and the outlook that, that seems to be really prevalent. The first being, I must perform well and win the approval of other people at all times. 
The second being other people must always treat me nicely. If they don't, they're awful and basically deserve to have an awful life. And the third being the conditions of life must be must be hassle free, must be easy and must be enjoyable. And it's this kind of simplistic and idealistic thinking that is at the, at the root cause of, of a lot of people's discontent. Yes, and I think um, an indicator of that is language that people use. You know, the musts, absolutes, shoulds, have tos, go tos. That kind of language is characterised by those those rigid beliefs that that you mention. Um, and you know, generally, if people are adhering to those rigid beliefs, you know, they they tend to hold one or more extreme beliefs. And those are awfulizing, low frustration tolerance and depreciating thinking. Let's get into those mm. four then. So um, why don't we start with awfulizing, just because it's an interesting word, more commonly perhaps now known as catastrophizing? That's when something is, is deemed to be 100% bad. It's the worst thing ever. You can characterize by language like that. You know, it's absolutely, truly awful and it's no good. So I'm sure that, you know, people listening can, can resonate with some of these because you, you you tend to hear people talking like this a lot of the time. You know, we sometimes say that making a mountain out of a molehill, but um, that we do embellish. We do use words that, that that make things maybe sound worse than they actually are. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, when, when I work with clients, I might say to them, you know, I, you know, I'm interested that you use the word, you know, devastating or um, the worst thing ever. If you switched on the news and listen to a certain story, would you describe that as devastating? How's that in the same way? And I look at um, how people kind of rank um, themselves. I mean, I do this in sport, obviously, and, and then people suddenly think, oh, yes, I'm using the same language to talk about, you know, losing a race as I was to, to talk about, you know, this story that's happening on the news. And actually, that's that's a far bigger thing that's going on in the world at the moment. And it's just it's just the way that you're perceiving it. But the language that people use can actually kind of elevate their emotions when they talk about it because it's very emotive language. The, the example that comes to mind was... Um... Annie Vernon and Catherine Granger and the rest of the crew in 2008, who won a silver medal in rowing, uh, Annie and Catherine, who kind enough to come on the podcast and talk about their experience and, and how it basically it felt something like a bereavement because they felt like they must win, they had to win. And it's quite actually difficult seeing them up on the podium because you could see the anguish that they were in. But so I suppose that was some unexamined catastrophizing thinking or or this we must win and when they did and it's it felt so awful whereas actually winning a, a olympic silver medal is still a stunning achievement yes and i think that, that that's why you know sort of this irrational thinking and irrational language can be very common in sport because when athletes are you know devoting you know all of their time to to achieve their goals that 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 somehow if they're not using this kind of language it make it, they think it, it can make people think that they don't meet, it doesn't matter so much they, they don't care as much um so so the, the the language kind of shifts into this kind of demand type language and musts and have tos and shoulds and um, and actually that can then um be actually detrimental to their performance because it can elevate feelings of pressure so must shoulds what was the other one must yeah, should. must shoulds have tos absolute, okay. absolute shoulds have tos go tos that falls under rigid demands, does it? Yeah, rigid demands. So, so the the, the more rational um, language to use there would be, you know, I would like to, and it might be, I would really like to, or I wish to, I want to, I would prefer to. 
Which hints at that you'd be able to cope with it if it doesn't happen. Yes, because it's not saying it absolutely has to be so, which is what that language indicates. And a simple switch of language like that, to what degree can that change someone's experience of of an upcoming event, whether it be sporting or otherwise then? Just changing from I must do this to I want to do this. How big of an impact can that have? Having gone through this process with a number of athletes now, I really can see the benefit of just a simple changing of one word can have on somebody, which is why I find it so fascinating. Athletes talk about getting more enjoyment out of their sport. I would say that's probably one of the number one things that people say having gone through Uh, talking through a framework um, is actually I enjoyed it more I didn't have as many feelings of pressure I was able to appreciate what I was doing more Thank you for listening to this bite-sized episode with Helen Davis talking about the work of Albert Ellis. And if you'd be interested to hear the full-length episode with Helen, it is in the back catalogue and I will link to it in the show notes. As ever, I'd be delighted to hear your thoughts, your ideas, your suggestions. Get in touch via my website, simonmundy.com. Thanks to everyone who's already been in touch with suggestions. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my newsletter, which is called Monday on Monday. If you could as well, please share this episode with anyone you think might benefit from hearing it, then I would be immensely grateful and a kind rating and review is always much appreciated too. Anyway, that's it for now. Have a great weekend. Until next time, goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.